doing this Tuesday morning? Mine is going well. I am excited uh, to have you here. And thank you for always showing up every week uh, without fail. Thank you for always sharing my podcast with your friends. And just in case you're here for the very first time, my name is Sharon Jogu. I am a podcaster, a writer, a poet, and you couldn't have chosen a better day to be here. Today's episode is special because I'll be sharing something that I have wanted to for a long time and it's even better that now... um, I'll be reading more Kenyan books so that I can have Kenyan authors on my podcast, uh, which is exciting. It's exciting because sometimes we go to the library. Last week I went to the library, I mean to a bookshop, and I asked the one of the assistants to show me the Kenyan corner and the Kenyan corner had just a few books by Kina Ngogiwa Diongo, there is Jackson Biko um, and then it's like the biggest chunk was from Nigeria and other countries and I'm like yo this is not even Kenyan corner yet there are so many uh, authors from Kenya who have written interesting books and yeah so today today's podcast I'll be featuring Nyawera Gashugi uh she's an author she has written a devotional called Long Post Alert I'm anxious and I've read the book and I think everyone should have it whether you have struggled with anxiety or not I think we all have bad days and in those bad days I'd vouch for that book to encourage me uh, through the verses and the words that are well written and everything. Now, before that, uh, I want to talk to you about just something that I've been thinking about. If you are praying for someone don't stop because you can't see change don't stop keep on praying for that person uh whether you want them to be saved for them to get healed for whatever thing that you want to see it might be a friend a family or a church member what whoever it is if you're praying for someone don't give up. Those prayers are not useless. They are being heard and there is change, changes happening. And I think even in uh, last year and this year, I've seen that happen. Uh, I mean happen. Last year I was praying for someone and it was like there is no change happening. So I'm going to give up my friend told me no you have to keep going and yeah God had the prayer and that person is changing that person is healing and then 
on Saturday, I was also praying for someone to get saved. And they did. And so don't. Just don't stop. Don't stop praying for someone. Don't give up. God is hearing your prayers. God can see that. And like Jackie Hill Perry always says, God loves that person more than you do. So God is concerned about that person as well. Your prayers aren't in vain. Now it's time to listen to that conversation that I had with Nyawera. It is enlightening. It is edifying. It is there is hope in that conversation. Yeah, there is a lot of nuggets that I can't wait for you to hear. Well, my name is Nyawera Kashugi Mohia. I am I am many things. I am first, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. I am married. I am I have written a devotional. I am a speaker. I am a conversationist. I am a communicator by profession. And yeah, I'm just another little blessed girl who likes to have a good laugh once in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's me. Notice, I think it's your, is it the YouTube or on I, your IG page? You have Sorry? Have conversations. So I have conversations everywhere. I think um, social media allows me to show those, to share those conversations, but I have conversations devoid of media platforms. Um, primarily, currently, I am sharing a lot of my conversations on YouTube and uh, the platform is understood. And um, on Instagram and all my social media, I'm Nyawira Kashugi. So I think if you find, follow me, you'll find conversations here, there, everywhere. Yes. Yeah, so long for Salak. Correct. When I saw the, I saw the poster, I clicked your, your caption and I was waiting for a long caption. Mm-hmm. But there was none. <laughs> to the setup, eh? <laughs> I wondered, like, why? Why would you name a book "Long Poster Life"? That's a good question. I think the first time I thought about "Long Post a Lot," I was on social media, and every time anybody writes "Long Post a Lot," it's like an opportunity for them to vent, to blow off some steam, or to share something that's disturbing them. And so here I was, and I was confused. I was actually, the word is conflicted because I wondered, um, we're living in a very social media driven age. And so I wondered if every day you had a long post to read and devote yourself to it, I mean, wouldn't that be an easier way as opposed to releasing it and chiming all your energy on social media? So long post alert was just my opportunity to share, um, to give you an everyday long post alert that's like from, derived from biblical context. Yeah, and it's true, and I love the way you've written. And in the introduction, you have stated that the way some life friends have hurt you, and you have also been responsible for hurting others. Right. Why? Um, and it, it, it was interesting to me that 
you not only look at yourself as a victim, but also someone who has hurt someone else. Why was that important to point out? That is such a great question. And first, congratulations. You actually read the book because you are very, I can see, I can see. But I think um, for me, it's important. You know, we live in a society where we like to blame people for all our pain. Um, we blame everyone and anyone for anything and everything. But in actual sense, I'm coming to realize that we must also take ownership of the fact that we hurt people also, that we offend people, that we insult people, that we hurt so many people. And I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that you're constantly being hurt by people. It means that in one way or another, you're either accepting of it or you are also to blame in the heart. So, so we just need to take ownership, stop blaming everybody. Even you have played a role in hurting somebody. Long post alert, it's about anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. Your inspiration. Do you know, because for someone who has dealt with anxiety also, I think I'd like to congratulate you for writing about it because um, even the thought of sharing such an item to the world mm -hmm. also brings anxiety. What was you have no idea. <laughs> what was the process of writing and doubting, doubting yourself and sharing? the world um yeah that's such a powerful statement because even sharing the material is anxiety itself i think for me one of the things i've been telling everybody everywhere i go and i get this opportunity um first thank you so much for this opportunity Shermit. i don't take it for granted um is to say um that devotional was my outlet when i was anxious all the scriptures in that devotional in one way or another have spoken to me in more ways than I could share in that 14 day devotional. Now, we live in an anxious driven world where so we live in a, in a time when everything is moving so fast. And it's interesting because I was wondering to myself that the world has given us so many solutions. Really, if we are God's creation, then he must have known we would have been anxious at one point, of, one point in time. And he gives us responses to anxiety. He gives us responses to brokenness, to sadness, to brokenheartedness. And my joy was to discover that God speaks to me about anxiety. And I wondered if, if, if I'm feeling this way, if it's speaking to me this much, how much more somebody else? So that's the reason I spoke about anxiety. Did it make me anxious every time? Even now, when I'm having this conversation with you, I'm extremely anxious because it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a casual thing. I think that's the right statement. It's not a casual thing. Yeah. No, the, the worst part about anxiety is that it paralyzes your mind. And Sorry? Me, I've seen it paralyze me to a extent okay. where I can't, I just can't do anything because you're, you have, it just prevents you from doing anything. Have you been to that point where anxiety has prevented you from, um, where you feel like you just can't do anything? Have I been to that place? I think I've been there so many times. And let me just share this as a vulnerability truth, eh? is that how my anxiety, as how not my, how anxiety manifests in my life is that I deny myself the opportunity to do anything. 
So you'll find that in that time when I'm anxious, I actually just want to stay in bed. I don't want to see people. I don't want to hear people. If my phone is ringing, it's a waste of my time. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be alone. And the truth of the matter is, is that that's not healthy. The Bible in Genesis, when God was creating man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And sometimes we use that thing for scriptures at weddings, at you, you need to find a man. It's not good for you to be alone. But in actual sense, I think God was not just talking about marriage. He was talking about the availability of people. So for me, how anxiety manifests is that it makes me comfortable with being alone. And when I look at that, I understand that God doesn't want for me to be alone. So I, it kind of plays um, an interesting role in my life where these two things come into play. When I'm alone, I know eh, there's a problem. When I'm comfortable alone, I now know there's a deeper issue. Yeah. yeah um, and because you pointed out staying in bed, do you have any other coping mechanisms that you have used in the past? Uh, for me, I used music, but it came to a point where I think God took away that, where I used to use music as a coping mechanism, but it came to a point where I couldn't use music. I had to face it. I had to correct. Face it. Yeah. So, so is there another coping mechanism for me? Huh. That's interesting. I think for me, my other coping mechanism, apart from staying in bed, actually staying in bed is not my coping mechanism. Staying in bed is how I know that I'm not okay. Um, how I cope with it is that I intentionally, purposely, go out and talk to people, even people, you'll find I've randomly just had a conversation with anybody. Um, do I think that there is um, a coping mechanism? I don't know, I'm, I'm skeptical about saying yes or no, but I think that you shouldn't find comfort in it. Like that's my biggest fear. Like it's okay to be, it's, it's okay to have anxious, moments but it's not okay for anxiety to spill over into every area of your life because that's that's what exactly you said earlier that it'll destabilize you and make you not function properly so for me one of the things that i'm trying to do is not find any solution for anxiety apart from getting out of it so i am purposefully trying not to get comfortable with staying anxious so you'll find me doing things like of late i've really enjoyed walking as a, as a a release like just take a walk listen to a podcast listen to a song listen to i don't know something funny even sometimes this is interesting i listen to just instrumental music and i'll just keep walking and it'll soothe me so get i think the trick is find a way out find a way out find a way out don't be comfortable in the anxiety yeah in that um i don't know i've just been thinking recently that in life we should anticipate for bad seasons to come so that even when something comes up although i didn't know what exactly what challenge would come my way um i'll still my mind will know that it's life i anticipated a problem um if you don't mind just talk more about that if you have any insight. You know, one of the things I feel like 
with without shame i feel like i'm sounding like an extreme christian <laughs> but um because i'm talking about the book the bible was a big anchor for me um in psalm 23 it's one of the most sung talked about psalms ever in the history of any believer david begins the psalm saying the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he goes on further to say he makes me to lie down beside by by the green beside green pastures he leads me beside the still waters um he restores my soul for his namesake then he says something so interesting he says yes though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for your staff and your rod they comfort me now why that's such an important scripture for anticipating hard times is that when he's your shepherd it means you're guided you're protected you're fed you are shielded you are um covered from all harm but the interesting thing in this whole story is that um god will remove um god will still be the same god whether he's guiding you in the good alongside even in the bad and that's why david has the confidence to say even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i'll be fine because this shepherd is still guiding me this is for believers is that you can't serve god when it's good you must be aware that when it's bad also he's still God, you know, and it's interesting because this is where I feel many people fall off the wagon because they think, how can a good God do bad things to good people? But the truth of the matter is, is that it's not bad. Everything is in God's will. It hurts you, but it's not bad. I, and so it's, so it's so hard to understand it unless you're in it. Um, I share this story often is that when my mom passed on, I really fought with God because I wondered how could a good God leave me who i thought was a good christian deserving on only good things in life alone in such a hard time but moving on later in life i realized that it was part of god's great will for my life do i do i wish that my mom was still alive absolutely i wish she was um but do i know that because god was behind it then there was an intention for him and that i'm willing to obey him even though it's not the best thing Absolutely. We cannot take God only on the good. Even the hard times, it's part of his will. So that's that's my input. Anticipate bad times. Absolutely. There's, every day there's going to be sunshine and rainy seasons. You can't only anticipate only the sunny days. But this is the irony in that season revelation is that even though it's rainy, it means that the, that the crops can grow now. So what's a bad an anticipation of a bad time to you doesn't necessarily mean it's a wrong time. It just means that it's a season for something else. And I mean, it's hard to understand it. It's painful. It's very painful by the way. Don't be cheated by anybody. It's a very painful. But the truth is, is that if God is your shepherd, then even in the hard times, he will guide you. Yeah. And it's, thank you for answering that. And in your book, without preempting, you have said that even if something bad happens to me, uh, then I, sh I should put my hope in God. I should rest in that. And I think that's powerful. And also, the thing I love also the most about this book um, is that you're helping people to pray. Uh, I noticed last year, it's not everyone who is able to pray. And even when you're going through a hard time, it's, it's more difficult to Mm -hmm. Why was it important that you were also sharing prayers um, in the devotion? 
That's such an interesting observation. First, I think your content is so wholesome because I feel like you're asking all the right questions. <laughs> but why was prayer important? Prayer was important because many a times people think that um, it, it, many times people think that conversations with God are one-sided. Yeah, where you, you're willing to either talk to him and not hear from him or willing to hear from him and not talk to him. I hate conversations where it's only one person who's talking. I hate it. I hate it so much. I even actually run away from them because I start to wonder, I see kuskiza to come around you because there's, there's no input. Me, there's nothing I'm giving you. So what are we doing here? The reason why prayer was important in that devotional was because I wanted to give people an opportunity to realize that in as much as God has his powerful long post for you today, yeah, he also wants you to understand that you must also talk to him. And one of my biggest prayers, and it's so interesting you brought this out, one of my biggest prayers with this um, devotional was that people would understand that it's not enough to just have a nice thought. We must go deeper. And I'm scared for my generation because one of the things I'm so scared about is that we're so comfortable with partial Christianity where we don't want to pray. We want to post an Instagram post of the scripture, but not necessarily meditate on it all day. You know, like I, there's a lot that's happening, but we need to instill these um, Christian values and Christian disciplines that are so important. That we study the word of God, we meditate on the word of God, hence the little illustration at the center. And finally, we end up talking to God. So just the way we're having this conversation, you ask, I respond, you ask, I respond, I ask, you respond. That's, that's a conversation. And so even when you're talking to God is that he's spoken to you through his word. You speak to him and tell him exactly what you've heard. So that was very important for me. And thanks for bringing that out. Yeah, and also something that you have pointed out, I think it's time we should get tired of the motivational talk because they won't keep you long. But when you meditate on mm. the word, that you will fall back to it when you're going through Correct. I'm so in love with this book. Like, it's not even cutting you up. I do love it. Um, Thank you, Shelmi. It's a lot, and even for you to write and hear about it, and for someone who has struggled with anxiety, I think it's such a powerful thing to do. Yeah. Um. Now, something else about the. I'll just point. I think I've just pointed two things about maybe the book. Uh, yeah. That you've written about the book. And the other is waiting. Um, Sorry? Waiting. Correct. On waiting. Because what um, I think love your, the way you explained it, uh, when we order something, we expect in a restaurant. We expect tell me 10 marks. You actually really studied this material. Thank you so much. Like you I'm so grateful. <laughs> I love the book. Yeah. <laughs> we expect to be served. Um, yeah. But when we ask God, mm. sometimes we are all over wondering whether He's going to answer. Uh, prayers. Uh, why was it important for you to 
right about waiting. I just talked to someone also who is in the waiting. I can imagine. First, that's such a powerful question. Why is waiting important? I think in every area of our lives, we wait. We, we wait. Um, we go through school, we wait to get jobs. We, we become, we start dating, we wait to get married. We get into the season for getting babies. We wait for nine months to hold a child. We put seeds in the ground, we wait for harvest. I think the principles of God are so interesting because they make life struggles so simple. Waiting is a function of life, nothing. And I have seen in life, and I'm not old enough to say I have seen it in my time. No, it's to say that I have, for the, the long I've lived, I have seen that waiting is such a test because it can really, really mess up with your convictions on life. I have waited for God in so many areas. And, and it's so unfortunate, Yanni. And you know, in fact, what people don't talk about, which I feel like I, I think I should have addressed a bit more, is that the test of waiting is when you know that you have the gift and you're wondering why it's not being put out there. And so you feel like, God, me, 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 I know, I know I'm called. I know I'm gifted. But there's something that God does. And I think I'm learning it. This is the current lesson I'm learning in this season of life that I'm in. Is that God hiding you or causing you to wait is not God denying you an opportunity. A story is told in the Bible of a guy I think I really love. He's called, his name is David. And David was in hiding for such a long time. He was put out to wait after being anointed for so many years. He knew he was going to be king. <laughs> and he had to wait. And let me tell you the saddest thing. He didn't wait in the palace. He waited while sitting to his father's animal. I don't think there's anything more disgraceful than I know I am a king and I'm being made to just look at these animals that can't even talk to me. But David was diligent. The test of any believer is that in your season of waiting, do you believe what God has said? Because sometimes we forget because we get so angry that it's not coming, it's not coming. But in the same breath, we've seen so many people who, because of waiting, they have seen such a beautiful outcome. Because when you wait, sometimes one of the biggest lessons is that you appreciate the value for what you've been waiting for. So is waiting important? Absolutely. Does waiting hurt? It hurts so bad. It hurts extremely badly. But the reward is that, um, if you wait, and I think the illustration for food was the best, is that when I sent for the food to the kitchen, I wait, I sat there waiting, knowing that it's coming. I didn't go looking, telling the chef, where? No, I knew that he would do what I needed him to do. So the beauty is in waiting. The beauty is in waiting. Mm -hmm. um, what's your desire for someone who will read long post alert? My desire is two things. One, that they will come to know Jesus if they don't. Because I want people to know that God is not categorical. God doesn't only promise you money. He's also concerned about your anxiety. He's also concerned about, he's concerned about everything that pertains to shell me. Head to toe, even that your eyebrows are not growing. God is concerned about that. You know, it's something so small. <laughs> But he's so concerned about it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I want people to know that sometimes we need to run back to God for the direction we need. Not, not only to our girlfriends, our sisters, our, our social media platforms. No, 
sometimes and it's easier said than done because it's easier to go around to your girls because you know you can see them and if you feel like crying you can cry together if you feel like laughing you can laugh together but the truth of the matter is, is that God made you and so he's aware of what will be a hurdle for you and so my anticipation with this book is that people will realize that God is into so much more than just casualness in your relationship so yeah I'm hopeful about that um, as we finish up, um, mm -hmm. you tell us where we, um, where we can get your book. And mm -hmm. just before you say that, you also talk to someone who is hurting right now. And I, I recommend this book because even for someone who doesn't like reading, it's, um, it's a devotional with a verse and some few wordings, you don't have to commit like a whole, I don't know how long. You're, maybe you're going to sit an extra 30 minutes meditating, but not reading because it's a 14 devotional book, which I highly, highly recommend, even if you think that you're doing fine in life. Okay. Now, talk to someone who is hurting and also tell us where we can get your book. To somebody who is hurting, I think um, hurting is normal. Let me just say that. Um, in life, if there are going to be good days, there are going to be bad days. Um, is it ungodly for you to hurt? No. And anybody who is telling you that hurting is not godly <clears throat> is a liar. Because <clears throat> even Jesus on his earthly time wept because he was hurt. Um, it's normal to go through pain. It's normal to go through a hard time. It's normal to go through all these things. But the test of hurting and going through it is that the, the trick in this entire devotional was to show people that there's an outlet. And maybe you're the one I'm talking to probably. Um, but the outlet is that God hasn't forgotten you. And he is concerned about you. Um, and that sounds like such a typical Christian statement to say, stop hurting. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you think about how powerful those words are, is that a God who made everything work together is so concerned about you. You know, when you look at the mountains, they look so big. And you think about this God who made them. But only to us, he gave the breath of God. And that to me was like, why? So are you hurting? Hurt and go through that pain properly. But going through pain properly is not about um, lying about it. Be aware of the pain. But also in your awareness of the pain, be aware that it can end also and start working towards it ending. And this is not to silence the seasons of pain because there's different types of hurt. The guys who are hurting because they've lost somebody. There are seasons in your, in your grief. There are people who, have, who are hurting because they've been heartbroken. There are seasons to that. And there are times you'll feel better than there are times you'll feel really bad. Accept what you're going through, but in all of them, don't make them superior to God. God is bigger than anything else. And you will come out of it, but the truth of the matter is, is that God's greatest desire for us as his children is that we rest. And rest is not kulala, <laughs> no. Rest is a beautiful sense of peace within us where we realize that God is concerned about our souls. And peace is, peace is such a beautiful thing. 
You know, there are days I wake up and I just tell God, me today, if nothing else, just peace. And he will. So I pray that you find peace. I pray that you know that God is into peace. And he's about giving it to you. The Bible says he will keep you in perfect peace. Whose mind, that's such a powerful thing, is fixed on him. Meaning that if your mind is not fixed on him, then peace will be hard to understand. So he's not asking you to, to fix your eyes on other things or to fix your mind on other things, but fix your eyes on God, even in your pain, and you will receive perfect. That's such a big, big defining word is that perfect peace means it cannot be questioned or taken away from you. So it's yours for the taking. So accept it, own it, and realize that peace will be yours because your mind is fixed on him. Absolutely. Um, where to get this book, even before I say where, let me just shout out Shelmith. <laughs> I think this is fantastic material. I feel so honored, extremely honored. First, that you considered. And second, that you are so bold to reach out on my DM and just say, where, let's have a conversation. And being so persistent. Um, I don't take it for granted. And I pray that your conversations become bigger and that your platform becomes bigger and more impactful because I know that I feel so valued and honored to be on your platform. And this is not a useless PR statement. It's the truth. I'm undeserving of this, but you chose it. So thank you so much, Elmith. You're the bomb. You're the bomb. You're the bomb. If you want to get my material, you just need to follow me first on Instagram and on my socials. I think all the information is there. Um, I am Nyabera Gashugi on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And on all those platforms, you will find um, a post or 10 <laughs> about the devotional. So please get it. Um, it goes to 500 shillings. It's an ebook, and it means it's easier for you to do it. There's a lot that's coming up soon. Maybe this is like an exclusive, but there's a lot coming up soon. I'm currently working on quite a bit more. So I'm so excited to to see how that will go. So thank you so much. And I pray when I release the next material that Shelmith will have me here on again, because I, I loved her questions. <laughs> I'll definitely want to have Nyawera back on Swan Podcast. Remember to follow me on the social media platforms at Swan Podcast, Facebook, IG, and at Shelon. This is one podcast.